Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. I'm Tracy Koga with something short and fun. This is a Hue Soundbite. Amazing is not the right word, but I think compelling is. We live so far away from your home country in South, uh, South Africa. Tell us now why you are so worried for your family back home. Two weeks ago, uh, there was an attempted insurrection in the country, and uh, basically my hometown was uh, looted, and literally all supply chain and businesses were burnt down. About 40,000 businesses were burnt down, and my entire extended family and immediate family live in Durban, and uh, their communities were attacked. Uh, A form of kind of reverse racism uh, incited by political parties and unfortunately it has civilians and my family that have lost their jobs uh, that have lost uh, basic uh, essential um, goods to survive and right now currently parts of uh, my city have no water Uh, babies uh, have no formula essentials like bread and milk have run out So they are getting help from uh, neighboring provinces, but eventually that will run uh, run low as well. It must be harrowing to know that your family is there and right now there's not a lot you can do, but you are trying, right? You are trying to do something. I have been trying to amplify the situation because uh, I would say that uh, since uh, the death of Nelson Mandela, Countries seem to have turned their back on South Africa and issues that have arised are uh, being reported as as racial issues, but there's no racial issues uh, to the extent of burning down an entire province, uh, causing like 57 billion rands worth of damages within the country and the infrastructure. So uh, for me, being so far away from home, uh, I feel hopeless and helpless uh, and as a single person uh, being new to Canada I don't have that support system to reach out and say how can we help uh, so I have started one step at a time one day at a time uh, also at the same time uh, speaking to family members back home and giving them that hope hey the rest of the world is watching you're not alone um, and uh, hearing the screams of 
mothers with their babies uh, uh, terrified for their lives in the middle of a civil war has been heart-wrenching. Um, thankfully, uh, a few doors have been opened in allowing me platforms and you being one of those platforms, which I absolutely appreciate. And uh, yeah, I've been kind of going one step at a time, reaching out to people and saying, how can you help people that I don't even know? Because I guess when you are that desperate to save your family from uh, terrorism and hunger, uh, you would do anything as a, as a person. And I don't think it only has to do with South Africa, but as a humanitarian and a person who advocates for human rights, it's something that has um, really uh, resonated with me. And I will continue to do this no matter where I am with the res resources that I have. It's interesting too, uh, you are sixth generation East Indian in South Africa. How did it get to this, Michelle? Or has it always been? So uh, I grew up, I was born in South Africa and I grew up through the apartheid uh, system uh, in South Africa. And uh, being of East Indian origin, uh, previously in the apartheid South Africa, we were not white enough. And now in the um, de democracy, the new democracy of South Africa, we are not black enough. So you kind of get sandwiched. And unfortunately, uh, during apartheid, they were, um, uh, we were targeted, soft targets, because as you know, when there's any kind of uh, pressure with poverty, they will look at targeting uh, people that are more vulnerable. So uh, in the old uh, apartheid days, uh, Indians, people of East Indian origin were targeted because they, uh, the natives felt that they came as indentured laborers and they are successful. And so they cannot go up against a government that is as combat uh, skills, you know, so they will go after people that are more vulnerable and target them to take out their frustrations, right? And we can go back to this with what happened in Germany with the Jewish people during the depression. Uh, the Germans or Hitler said, you know, it's the Jewish people that are thriving, so let's go. And that's how Kristallnacht started, right? The night of broken glass. And it's kind of the similar scenario that's happening. The situation is still very volatile. So um, my main concern is, uh, getting um, help in the sense of med medical help and food help and uh, long and short term sustainability for the people of KwaZulu-Natal. Uh, and I don't know how much I can do as an individual, but I'm trying. Oh, um, and your family too. I mean, it must be so hard. Uh, and being so far away, we talked about that. Let's talk about your journey here to Winnipeg too, which is quite interesting. Uh, I've been here um, since 2016. My journey has not been easy uh, because I'm trying to adapt to uh, an entirely new culture. Uh, I'm trying to adapt to a new uh, climate change with uh, the cold. Uh, and as I've said to a lot of Canadians that ask me, of all the places in the world, why Winnipeg? And I said, <laughs> and I've been always saying, uh, I didn't choose Winnipeg, Winnipeg chose me, uh, and I am, I, I am here. And uh, it has been, a, I wouldn't say it has been an easy transformation or ad adapting to Canada. It's been uh, a bit of good, it's been a bit of lessons. I'm not going to say bad. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say lessons. I've learned a lot of lessons, and uh, I'm still learning. And with those lessons, I grow, and um, I try to leverage off those lessons uh, when I meet other immigrants or refugees, people far away from home. I can relate to if their family is going through a hard time, how it must feel when they don't have a support system within the country and no representation. Mm -hmm. So these are things that have opened up for me that uh, the importance of a community and I've actually, uh, being of East Indian descent, I find myself being more South African first and then East Indian. And unfortunately in Canada, there's not a very good uh, or strong support system for South Africans. So I find myself stuck between uh, East Indian and Canadian and I've reached out to the East Indian Association of Manitoba mm -hmm. because I can relate to the East Indians to a to a degree right so um, and I'm waiting for that support yes. <laughs> so identity that this has come up a lot now um, even with what's happening in our country with our indigenous peoples and residential schools and stories coming up and people feeling the need to belong, right? Inclusivity. Inclusive. So mm -hmm. what does that mean to you? Uh, I've been struggling with fitting in. I would have to say that uh, um, especially when you're coming in uh, at a time in your life where you are kind of very set in your ways uh, and trying to fit into a place where people have uh, friendships and relationships from back in school mm -hmm. and suddenly you are the new kid on the block and uh, you have to open yourself up to all kinds of people and then of course with that comes a huge amount of disappointment because you have these expectations of people and then um, and suddenly uh, people are so curious to know about you to know your story and the minute you say your story it's like oh my god that's too heavy for me I need to stay back from this relationship right so you're not sure whether you should be vulnerable to let people know who you are or whether you should put on this facade and I'm not a person about facades right I want that genuine relationship I want that relationship like you have with all your friends but I can't get that so I found that um, fitting in has been a, a struggle uh, the sense of loneliness and I think it just amplifies that distance between your home country and where you are and uh, again uh, it comes down to my background coming out of uh, oppression and struggle mm -hmm. and then having a different kind of oppression and struggle in your new adoptive country I know right and then when you look at your residential schools and again uh, having volunteered at the Canadian Museum of Human Rights I do understand the 16 genocides that Canada uh, amplifies um, I do understand the history of how the museum was started by Israel Asper and uh, for me I just feel I was very proud when the museum had, um, did the exhibit for Nelson Mandela mm -hmm. it was a very um, when I walked into that ex exhibit, it was a very emotional time for me. Uh, a lot of uh, re learning, unlearning and relearning, unlearning and relearning. It's a constant right now, right? Unlearning and relearning because we all have internal biases. Mm -hmm. 
And it's very important for us to look at these internal biases and work on it because we've all been conditioned over generations to look at people differently. And if we want to make the change, we have to look at our own internal biases, whether it's a religious bias, whether it's a race bias, whether it's a, a, a whatever bias, a, a gender bias, we have to look at that and, and, and learn that we do not want to encourage these biases for the next generation, mm -hmm. right? And again, it comes down to education, right? So when it comes to Canada's history, I can tell you that uh, the uh, Group Areas Act from Canada was the blueprint that South Africa used for apartheid. That is a fact. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the reserves that were created, we had Group Areas Act and segregation. So I grew up in an East Indian area. And up till now in South Africa, we will refer to different areas as a white area, as an Indian area, as a black area. So when you look at the residential school, my heart breaks for the children and the, I, I can't even say it's a residential school. I would call it vet camps. I, I have to be honest because I am tired of being polite and using words that uh, people are okay with, mm -hmm. right? And that's not okay. If, if it's a genocide, it's a genocide. Whether it's a culture, it's, it's both a cultural genocide and a genocide to people because you, you try to get rid of uh, young people who are future leaders, mm -hmm. right? So when I look at that and I look at what happened back home, the importance of the Truth and Reconciliation program is imperative because if you don't, you will have exactly what's happening in South Africa happening here. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at other countries and uh, like sweeping things under the carpet and uh, it's important to give money for infrastructure, to education, employment, and uh, inclusivity and equity, right? I wouldn't say diversity, because diversity is, um, I would say, we have a group of different people, which is diverse. Inclusivity and equity is what you look at, right? Because mm -hmm. people want a sense of belonging, and right now, I'm not the only one that's alone in belonging. I think there's a lot of people alone in belonging. It's just that they don't speak out about it or they don't have a platform mm -hmm. to speak out about it. And again, I'll, I, I keep going back to the Human Rights Museum. I think they play a vital role in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. I, as a volunteer there, I saw a lot of Americans coming through and I did the interpretive tour guides there. So I saw them coming like, oh my God, I didn't know this and they walked out educated and there's a lot of Winnipegers asked have you been to the to the museum and they were like no we haven't I know right, right in your own backyard. And, and I'm sad that there's all these resources there to educate people and it's not being properly utilized mm -hmm. right so I think from a human rights perspective and a humanitarian perspective the Human Rights Museum should play a more vital role in our community to address these issues right. because they have the credibility mm -hmm. to address these issues right and having a platform for credibility is imperative for change <laughs> so in essence we should start change right here since we have everything. well there's a saying you should clean your own backyard before <laughs> you go and clean someone else's backyard right oh. so i believe change starts at home they say mm -hmm. charity begins at home 
and we need to see the change here in order for us to create that ripple effect of change across the country and then across the world. Yeah, right? So right? So what would be your biggest wish right now? Michelle? My biggest wish right now would be um, uh, personally when I look at if you're talking about South Africa uh, my people are suffering. Uh, they are still living terrorized. The situation is still volatile. I cannot change the political landscape of the country, but I can change it by making sure that people have food, uh, running water and basic needs, right? And to be able to give them that hope that the rest of the world is watching. We do know what's happening. And this has got nothing to do with what race you are, what uh, religion you are. It's everything to do with humanity. And that's what I am. I am a humanitarian. It, it doesn't matter what color you are. If you need help, I will reach out and help you. Well, we certainly want to support you. Thank you. And hoping that this touches and reaches other people too as well. Mm -hmm. So right now, uh, I am in talks with the uh, South African High Commissioner because again, it's credibility. And I'm trying to get a letter from her so that I can give to other organizations so that uh, we can uh, raise some funds to send to South Africa. We are looking for uh, a conduit uh, that is already created like the Canadian Red Cross mm -hmm. to use them as a platform to, to raise funds or perishable, uh, non-perishable items uh, that we can send back. Uh, that's one of the things we're working on. And again, I can do Manitoba. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know a lot of people around Canada and hopefully someone out there will know someone and we can strength in numbers, right? Exactly. Uh, to be able to do it in unity. And, uh, and this is how you plant a seed and when it bears fruit and that fruit can be eaten by everybody, not just South Africans, but it provides that platform that, hey, if we can do this for South Africa, we can do this for other countries where humanitarian need is needed, mm -hmm. right? You know what? They say friendly Manitoba, and we have the, I think, the world's biggest population of volunteer work. So I'm sure this Absolutely. is a great place to start. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Michelle. Thank you for giving me this opportunity, Tracy. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of ILikeYou.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga, Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. 
a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.